0: You just gotta do it, right? And I know that that's so easy to say and really hard when you're there in the moment and freaking out. Welcome to Design Life, a podcast about design and side projects for motivated creatives. My name is Femke. And my name is Charlie.
1: Today, we're gonna talk about public speaking and speaking at conferences. And this topic comes up because Femke just spoke at a conference yesterday, right, Mm Fem, at the time we were recording this? I did. And so we figured, why not take this opportunity, when it's all fresh in her mind, the, you know, adrenaline and talk planning and all of that, to discuss this. I've spoken at a conference before and also done workshops at events. I think we should have some good advice to share here. It should be a good one to get into. And I guess as part of our catch-up for this, Fem,
0: for this episode, you should tell us how your talk went. How, how'd how it go? Yeah. It, so I spoke yesterday at Laracon EU conference here in Amsterdam, which was kind of nice. I didn't have to do the whole travel thing. So I could just chill out at home and, and practice beforehand, which was really nice. Yeah. And I think it went well. The feedback that I got afterwards was very positive, which was really nice. And quite a few people came up to me after the talk to thank Yay. me, which is always like super nice. You get warm fuzzies and you know after my talk i was scrolling through my twitter mentions to see what people had said and looking at the hashtag and you know it's it's so nice to get that positive feedback after you've done something because you know for me this was the first time i ever did this talk so i like had no idea what the reaction would be i had no idea if people would laugh at my jokes that i'd put in there <laughs> you know it was kind of like one big test so it was really nice to scroll through and get warm fuzzies from people who really liked the talk so I think it went well. And tell us what your talk was about? My talk was about how to break through all of the sort of crap that we hear online from other people. You know, we always hear from people telling us to do this or to do that and how to get ahead and how to find success and you know, I from all of those messages I just get really overwhelmed and anxiety and it's really hard to cut through all of that and just focus on doing what you want to do and being the best you that you can be. So that's kind of what I talked about and I shared some sort of tools or or mindsets or ways of thinking to help people kind of cut through that and just focus on being the best them that they can be.
1: I love that. And do you think that after obviously the success of this talk, you're going to shop it around, I suppose, to different conferences and see if you can
0: give it a few more times? I don't know. I originally thought, well, originally I didn't know how this talk was going to go. Like it could have really been a a dud, you know, it, it could have <laughs> not gone well at all. So when I went into it, I was like, I'll just see how this goes and if it doesn't go well, then it's an experiment, it's fine. Uh, but if it does go well, then you know, maybe I will consider m- making some small changes and edits and and sending it around and seeing if anyone else is interested. So I haven't decided yet, but based on the positive feedback that I got, I think it is a nice talk and maybe I'll consider seeing if anyone else will be interested in it. I think you should by the sounds of it. I mean, I'm hoping that it would be at a conference that I could go see it at. (laughs) Yeah, I think it, it was nice at this conference because this conference that I that I was at yesterday was a developer focused conference so ah, interesting most of the talks were very technical and like people were showing their code sort of thing uh like so technical that I was just sitting there having no idea what was going on most of right. the time <laughs> uh, so I think that throwing my talk in that mix which you know, my talk was not code based at all it wasn't It wasn't directed specifically for developers. It was more sort of like a soft skills or or a self-improvement. It's a pep talk, really. And so I think it was kind of nice to actually throw that in the mix and offer a sort of alternative talk where people could come and get a break from code and just spend one hour focusing on on themselves and how they're feeling. So I think it was nice. Like a lot of people came up to me and, and said, like, for me this was the best talk of the conference.
1: Oh my god, that's such good feedback. Yeah, and
0: I was like, seriously, this is a developer conference and I didn't talk about <laughs> development at all. Like, don't you feel like you got ripped off with your money or something? But that that was really really nice. I, I think that's so good. That that was like the best piece of feedback I could have gotten was this was the best talk for me. Yeah, totally. I mean, you can't ask for better than that.
1: <laughs> I would love to know and we've had some questions from our community as well about this. Taryn puts it well. She says, what advice do you have for presenting yourself to get speaking opportunities? Uh, And Holly also would like to know how you put yourself out there and let people know you're available to
0: speak. How did you get this opportunity? How did this happen for you? So I have already previously spoken at two conferences. So this was my third, which means that, you know, I I already had a little bit of it under my belt and a a bit of clout, Mm -hmm. I guess you could say, like I've spoken before. So I kind of have a little bit of experience. But how I got this speaking engagement in particular was somebody recommended me to the conference awesome. organizer. Yeah, so they reached out to me completely out of the blue saying, hey, someone recommended you, would love you to come and speak. And at first I was extremely surprised because the conference is a developer conference. Right. And so my first response back was like, thanks for reaching out. I, I, I love to speak, but I'm not a developer. Yeah, I, I thought maybe he'd gotten it wrong or gotten a mistake. Yeah. I was like, I'm not a developer, so I don't know if I'm the best person to speak at your conference. But you know, after we started talking, he, he felt like it would be really nice to bring a different mix to the conference and, and have someone come and talk about something else. So yeah, I guess the way that I got this was by a referral, which Again, cool. just shows, I think, how powerful our community is and how important it is to know people and network because you never know what opportunities they could bring, right? For sure.
1: And what about those first opportunities that you had speaking at conferences? Was, it, was that a situation where you reached out to them or, again, did they reach out to you? Yeah, a, a
0: mixture. So the first one, I'm trying to remember, I think – the first one, they reached out to Atomic, which was the company mm-hmm. that I was working for at the time, and originally they asked us to be a sponsor, and after some discussion we thought it would be more fitting if I actually spoke at the conference, right. so that's how that worked out, and then I did that talk, which was my very, very, very first talk, I think there's a video online somewhere, I probably look like a nervous mouse, Aww. and uh, I did that talk, and people really liked it and i felt really good after it i was like wow this is awesome this feels amazing so after that i went home and submitted my talk to about 5 or 6 other conferences you know i was feeling really confident like i was riding this wave or riding this high after yeah, the yeah, conference totally. you know so i submitted it at a couple of conferences and one of the ones that got back to me was Reasons Two, which is the conference held in Brighton every year. And they liked it. And so I did that talk again in September of last year. And yeah, then, then I, I didn't I didn't proceed to apply after that. I, I thought I'd take a little break. And then this opportunity came around a couple months ago. So Cool. Yeah, it's all e- each one has worked in a different way, which is kind of interesting.
1: Okay. I would like some advice from you on reaching out to conferences because this is not something that I've done yet, but I have been gathering a list of conferences that I'm going to reach out to Mm -hmm. next year Mm -hmm. because it was like a little bit too late by the time I found them this year, they already had their website up and their speakers or whatever. But yeah, would love some advice for how to reach out and like, did you send all your slides? Did you just send a synopsis? I don't know. How did that go and what advice do you
0: have? Mm-hmm. Well, you're already on the right track because the first thing that I would recommend doing is creating that list. So yeah. doing your research, seeing which conferences are out there that you would like to speak at or or maybe, you know, take a step down from there, even a meetup, you know, a local meetup that you want to talk yeah, at. True. And from, from my experience of speaking at conferences, I I would recommend speaking at some kind of meetup or smaller crowd first. It's actually a really great way to test your talk before delivering it on a, on a theater stage in front of 500 people. Uh, so whether it's a meetup or, or a conference, you know, do your research, create a list and see which ones that you think would be a nice fit for you. And so that's what I did. I had this list and I had in the list the name of the conference, the date and where it is, etc., and then I just started reaching out to them via email, basically. So I created a sort of, I, I drafted this reply and made sure that I tailored it for each conference I applied to. So you know, I talked a little bit about, oh, like your conference looks really interesting because of X, y, Z. I think my talk would be a really great fit because of reasons. Uh, and then I included a little synopsis of what my talk was about. And I'm trying to remember, I I think I also included a link to the recording of it Smart. because the first one that I spoke at made a recording of it so it was online so I, all, I didn't include my slides or anything in the email but I did say like and here's a link if you want to watch the talk so I think that was also kind of helpful.
1: Cool okay that's great advice. Um, did you have any responses from people who weren't interested in having you there like was there any feedback from them or anything oh, that we could all learn
0: from listening. Yeah. I don't think so. Like most of the time I just didn't get a reply. You know, yeah, I guess understandable. That's what happens. That's right? just <laughs> what happens. They probably get yeah. so many people submitting that they just don't have the capacity to respond to everyone. And, yeah. and even if they do have the the capacity to respond to you to say no. It's unlikely they also have the capacity to explain why they're saying no. So, yeah, yeah I don't think I ever really got feedback from a, from a decline. But, I mean, it just happens, you know, like you can't win it all. So my advice would be, like, if you want to speak at one conference, reach out to five. Right. Like don't just right. reach out to yep. one because you're lowering your chances of getting a response. So even I think I applied to maybe like seven or something, but there was no way that I actually like was going to or wanted to speak at seven conferences. And, and it just shows, right, you have to reach out to to more because I only got a response from one, even though I reached out to like seven. So, yeah, I think that would be my piece of advice there is to reach out to more than what you want to do. And if magically, I guess they all respond and say yes, then you've got a nice problem to deal with, I suppose. Yeah, Good point. Yeah, it's up to you, I guess, whether you want to take them on or not. Okay, I like this advice. What I like
1: about your email is that you did include that link to your talk. And I think I would add to advice for this to include a link to you speaking at all. Like it doesn't have to be your specific talk included, but just a link that shows how you speak and like how you can be confident on stage. Uh, we this year, Convert Hosted the Craft and Commerce Conference. And when we were organizing speakers for that and like figuring out, like, oh, this person like has an interesting story. And then our next thought was, how are they at speaking though? And so we'd look for like a video of them, you know, speaking or even just having videos on YouTube, uh, something to show that they can communicate a point and get their ideas across was kind of essential in figuring out if there's someone you want to book to have on your stage
0: was that like the most important thing to you like was that more of a priority for you that they're a good speaker above do they have like something interesting to st- to say? I oh, definitely not. I think that would be a pretty crap conference <laughs> if that was the case, <laughs> but
1: also if you've got something good to say and you can't tell that story right uh, you know it's almost like you have nothing to say so you, it, both were important but we also offered a speaking coach to oh, really? our that's speakers nice. so yeah they would they if they weren't super hot on the speaking circuit or whatever then they would have
0: uh, had some coaching there that's really nice i've i haven't heard of that being offered before at a conference
1: yeah i think it was a great great idea because we did want to invite people who weren't like always on the speaking circuit and who weren't you know appearing at every conference or right, whatever. Right. So yeah, that, that was pretty cool. I liked that, and I think that there are lots of conferences out there who are willing to invite speakers who aren't you know already established. And I think that's great for us who are wanting to speak at conferences. You know, because it means that there's there's a shop for us. My first conference that I spoke at was the Sean Wiz Conference, which is actually where I met Nathan Barry and then got my job at ConvertKit. It's such a success
0: story. I love it. (laughs) It was a wonderful conference
1: for me. And that invitation came completely out of the blue for me. I hadn't applied to it or anything. Sean had seen my work and seen my story. And that made him reach out, which was really cool. So again, there's that benefit to putting yourself out there online and making it known that you have something to say. And having a, a, a point of view as well, Like not just generally putting work out and being online, but talking about a specific thing constantly. So my thing was making videos consistently. It was my thing that, you know, I'd made a video every single day for three years at that time. And so that's what made him interested in having me to speak. Uh, Other talks I've done have been workshops mostly, I would say. Yeah, that's probably the only real conference talk, you know, in quote marks that I've given. But for my branding workshop that I did at VidCon, I did what you suggested earlier, Fem, and presented it at a meetup first. So it was like a small focus group almost for the workshop and because it was like a local meetup where everyone was very friendly and there was a lot of back and forth conversation and from that during the talk I was able to like finesse it and work things into the workshop like judging by the questions people asked because I had perhaps gone and being a bit too advanced because I'm a designer and so I you know some things come natural to me but don't to other people so it was really great to have that feedback and understand what didn't come naturally to other people, you know, so that I could make sure to include it. So I really like that piece of advice of trying to present at a meetup before diving into like, you know, a five hundred person conference or whatever.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean it's a very different story if you have twenty people in the room or five hundred people in the room.
1: <laughs> I have another question for you that just came to my mind. Okay. <laughs> so it might be slightly off track. No, okay. But I know that when you were invited to speak at this conference, you didn't It wasn't to do that same talk, right? You didn't have a specific talk topic in mind. Right. Can you tell us a bit about how you came up with your topic and like how you planned your talk? Because that's like a whole different beast in itself, you know, is first of all, it's having something to say, then figuring out how to format it into a presentation.
0: Yeah. So preparation, right? How do you prepare? Yeah, because that's like
1: (laughs) the main part of giving a talk, I would say. We've got a lot of questions about... Um, public speaking itself like being nervous on stage and going red in the face or whatever but I think that the more prepared you are the less nervous you're going to be so I want to put more emphasis on this preparation side of things in this episode.
0: Yeah. So the number one thing is to figure out what you're going to talk about, right? You need to have something interesting to say. And for this talk that I just did, when the conference reached out to me, they suggested a topic to me. Oh, interesting. Yeah. What did they suggest? uh, They suggested something about freelancing, like being a professional freelancer or something like that. And I didn't feel comfortable talking about that. So I... I said to them, "Look, I'm not even a freelancer. You know, I have a full time job, and so I just don't think that that's a great topic for me to talk about. And it's also something that I have been trying to sort of move away from in my content as well this year. To, yeah, to so stop. it kind of doesn't make sense. Exactly. To talk about it yeah, on stage, like it? <laughs> I don't want to be the freelance gal, whatever. Uh, so." Instead, I, I had to think about, you know, rather than declining and saying no, uh, I had to think about what else I could talk about. You know, this, this was obviously an opportunity. So I thought, OK, well, let's let's have a bit of a think about what I could talk about. And so I thought about, you know, I, I reflected on some of the things I've chatted about in my articles, some of the things we talk about on the show and thought about what would be a really interesting thing to, to say. And so I went back to him with, with my sort of pitch, I guess, and he liked it. So then I was faced with the task of preparing this talk. And, you know, I think my biggest piece of advice would be give yourself more time than you think you're going to need because it takes a really long time to make yep. a talk. <laughs> it's not something that you can sit down and do in an afternoon, let alone a day. It really is something that takes time. Uh I started preparing for this talk two weeks before I got up on stage and that was not enough time. So take more time than that, probably a month or two leading up to it. You want to start thinking about it and thinking about what you could say. And I think also the benefit of starting earlier is that, You can collect references. So as soon as I sort of had decided what I was going to talk about two weeks ago, I started collecting references for my talk, like things I would see or read or be inspired by over that two week period. I was like, oh, that would be great in my talk. I'm going to I'm going to just put that in my pocket for later. So giving yourself more time means you can collect more resources and more inspiration, which I think helps create a more interesting talk. So. I mean, sitting down to write a talk is really hard. Like, It's not not really something where you sit down and like, I'm going to write a 10,000-word essay now. Uh, What I did is I went to a cafe. I almost said coffee shop and felt like people would interpret that wrong because I live in Amsterdam. Uh, (laughs) I went to a cafe and I took my notebook and my pen and my iPad. I specifically left my computer at home because I didn't want to get distracted by you know, other things. Yep. So I sat down and I opened my notebook and I just started writing notes and I used my iPad to like do research. Like if I had an idea on something, I was like, oh, I'll just look this up and see if I can find anything interesting. And I think I was there for like three hours and wrote note, like just wrote pages and pages of notes. And then from there, You know, I had the task of figuring out how everything was going to flow and fit together, and I shuffled some of the sections around. And so really, like, most of my preparation was done analog. It was with physical paper, notes, scrappy notes, and figuring out how everything was going to flow. And then from there, that's when I jumped onto my computer and started finessing it. I made use of, when I was doing my talk, I uh, made use of note cards a lot. And I saw you doing
1: this too. Like I saw a, an image on Twitter. I don't know, if, is that a thing that you used? Like what I did was write down uh, points that I wanted to make during my talk, mm-hmm. like main takeaways or you know things I wanted to say. And I just wrote everything down in a separate little piece of paper, note card or whatever you want to call it. And then I just used my floor and I like arranged them all. Um, and I was like, okay, well this needs to come before this. And this needs to come before this. And it helped me like figure out a structure to arrange all my points because, yeah, there was just a lot of things to say and I didn't know which order was best to say them in or, you know, have have categories or, you know, sections to the talk or whatever. When you're starting from scratch, all those things you have to make up yourself. So I, I don't know, is that is that a, a tool you used or were you just using it? I think what I saw was you using it to write down things to do later
0: uh, I think you're talking about when I sat down to write my talk, I I used the Pomodoro technique, which you've mentioned before on this show. I'm pretty sure, yep. but I yep. had never I'm a big fan of it. Yeah, I had never actually done it before, uh, but I sat down and I was like, I need to write this talk, and like. That's just what I got to do. I have to eliminate every possible distraction. And so I, I set the, the Pomodoro timer on. And what I did was I would write and, and be in my zone. And every time I had a thought or distraction, I would write it on a little note card. So those note cards weren't actually like takeaways or specifically related to my talk. They were more like, oh, this is a distraction or a fleeting thought in right. my mind that I want to look up later. Or, or sometimes it was related to my talk like, oh, I need to research or dig into this thing a little bit more. But I didn't want to do that right then and there. My, my fo- focus and my goal at that point in time was just to write my talk as much as I could. And so those note cards were a collection of of random distractions and thoughts in my mind and also things that I had to research or look up later for my talk. Gotcha. Well, I would have, like,
1: next time or anyone listening or whatever, I liked using the note card technique to, to
0: plan the outline too. That was really useful for me. Yeah, what I, what I ended up doing for this talk, so usually I'm quite a fan of not standing behind the podium like right. being confident, walking around the stage, you know, you've kind of got the thing memorized and, and you know you know it off by heart. And that's what I'd done for my last talk where I delivered it a couple of times at, at two conferences and then also a few times at meetups. But for this talk being a new talk, I was very much so lacking confidence and I was not feeling fully prepared. Even the morning of yesterday, I was having freak out moments of like, no. oh, my gosh. I just do not have this memorized and uh, the whole thing was quite rushed like I the conference organizer contacted me quite late like a month out from the conference so the whole thing I didn't really have that much time or as much time as I would have liked to 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 create this talk so I was feeling a little bit panicky and not very confident and still feeling a little bit unsure like, oh, I'm not too sure what slide is next. So um, I wasn't sure like how to lead into the next thing. So what I decided to do was to create an outline of my talk and I actually delivered it that way. So I had a piece of paper in my hand while I was talking that I could look down and reference and say, okay, yeah, this is what's about to come or this is the real key takeaway that I want to say or that's really, really important. And that really helped keep me on track Eventually, like if I were to give this talk again, I would really like to be able to memorize it and do it super confidently. But for this time, I just had, I I realized that I had to do the best that I could do. And so having this outline while I was speaking helped me be able to do that. And it was actually amazing because afterwards someone came up to me and said, that was the most prepared talk at this entire conference And I was like, are you kidding? I just walked around on stage with notes in my hand. Like, to me, a prepared talk is someone that, like, is fully up there in the center of the stage, got the whole thing memorized. And so I think it just goes to show, like, he also then went on to say, well, you know, it's a talk. It's not a play. Right? Like... Yeah, you you having these structured and detailed notes or this outline in front of you helps keep you on track and helps helps you to be really articulate, which is the most important thing, right? You want to deliver your message as clearly as possible. So I guess it worked out in the end, is what I'm trying to say.
1: That's awesome, and I love that you know it's a talk, it's not a play. That is so true. Uh, you don't want it to be you know memorized word for word, right? Um, and this is a problem that I ran into when preparing for my talk is that. I want like when I'd written it, I'd written it as if I was speaking it, you know. Like a monologue. So yeah, so then I got into my head that I needed to say it exactly right word for word all the time. Exactly. And so I had to like break out of that and just remember that, no, that's not the point. The point is getting the points across just to say point too many times
0: in a sentence. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I think it also helps you speak clearly. Like uh, another thing that someone said to me was, your talk had the least amount of ums and ahs that I've heard nice. all day. <laughs> and I, I think that's because you're used to speaking, you know, on this podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think so. And I, I actually had that thought too afterwards. I realized that even though th- this podcast, like we talk, we're not doing this live or anything. I'm sitting in my closet right now. It's not like we're on a stage <laughs> speaking to 500 people, but I don't know about you, Charlie, but I have learned so much about how to talk and articulate and speak clearly and take that split second to think about what you're going to say before you open your mouth. And that has really helped me personally being able to communicate really well. Same, definitely. And just having a
1: content channel in general, like making videos on YouTube, writing for blog posts or whatever, doing this podcast, all of it really helps with formatting your thoughts and, Mm -hmm. you know, thinking from the perspective of the reader or the listener or the viewer or whatever, and what they're going to get out of what you're saying. And all of those things are things you need to think about for a conference talk too. I want to bring up here um, a, a blog post, I guess it is, article that really helped me when I was planning my talk uh, it's by James Gregg and I think you might have been the one who pointed me towards oh, this, actually, maybe, him, or at I, least towards
0: him. Probably. Yeah. I love his stuff. It's so honest. Yeah, he's
1: a great writer, very honest, and he's put together this one article that has all of his advice for public speaking. So it goes through planning your talk, writing it, designing the slides, um, you know, speaking on stage. It's going to be linked in the show notes, but it's his guide to public speaking, and I would really recommend reading it. He's an introvert like I am. And so I found it really useful to read from that perspective. But he said that it's not just like public speaking tips for introverts. It's just public speaking tips in general. So yeah, really useful and would recommend a read for sure.
0: Yeah, nice. His stuff is always really good. His newsletter is worth signing up to as well. For sure. Let's talk more about confidence. How about and
1: the side of being on stage? Because like I said at the start, we did have a lot of questions about that, um, Andrea said that she, when she gets adrenaline, and I have this problem too, whether it's just nervousness or if it's happy excitement, it makes her hands and voice start to shake. And I definitely get this too with, with shaking hands. She, so she's asked, like, how, how do you overcome this? And then we had Julia ask for advice for someone who goes really red, even when they feel confident and prepared, Aww. which is so frustrating. Like, I know this feeling of, like, when your body looks like you're nervous, but you're actually not. Mm -hmm, Ah, it's mm -hmm. just, it feels like your body is betraying you. It's so frustrating. So I don't know, is I, I was very, very afraid of public speaking. It was a huge fear of mine. And I feel like it's something that I can now say I'm on definitely on the path to recovery for, but all it's taken for me is practice. Like literally just getting out there and doing it. Um, I actually noticed it was at VidCon before I presented my branding workshop and I was getting ready to go on stage and I was like, what is the strange sensation of not having my stomach in knots? Like, Aww. I don't understand what this is. And I, I felt fine. And I was like, I'm just going to go on stage and talk in front of like 100 people right now. Why am I not freaking out? And then I almost freaked out about that fact. And I was like, what's wrong with me? <laughs> just because I was so used to that feeling. But yeah, yeah, it's taken me a few years of creating content, talking to a camera on YouTube and you know, figuring out how to be confident when I speak that way. And then a few times of speaking in front of people to, yeah, to get through that and to be start to be on the other side. So I don't know if I have any advice other than just suck it up and do it yeah, and get used to it, but, that's not very useful. Have you got anything to share? Is public speaking something that makes you really nervous?
0: You seem a very confident person. I'll, I'll say that. Oh well, thank you. I I don't always feel as confident as I look, uh, <laughs> but yeah, I don't know because I am not really someone that struggles with stage fright. I know that some people really have so quite jealous. a fear like, of that. Yeah. yeah, I don't understand. <laughs> I think I think you know I grew up playing the violin for 15 years and doing that meant that I was constantly on a stage performing whether it was as a solo or in an orchestra or a trio or you know I also was in my choir and so you know I have spent a lot of time on stage in general in my life and and performing to a, a room or a theater full of people so for me it's it's natural like I don't really get that stage fright and I think the reason behind that is just because of of my past and having spent so much time on stage. It's not this foreign thing to me. But someone was asking me earlier this week, they were like, you know, do you have any techniques? Like, do you do anything before you walk on stage to just sort of calm yourself down? And and it made me really think about what I what I do before I take that first step on the stage. And I guess what I do is I wanna be alone. And and in a quiet place, like Mm -hmm. I always uh, skip the talk that's before mine and take that time, that hour beforehand to do one last read or one last check, go through my slides and just make sure that I'm fully, fully prepared. And then what I do is usually I go to the bathroom And I give myself a little pep talk in the mirror as like nerdy and weird as that sounds. And something like, oh, don't they only do that in the movies? No, I do it in real life. So, Do you say it out loud or is it just in your head? No, I kind of like whisper to myself. I'm like, I love that. I'm like, femme you've got this, you're going to be fine. Like, I just basically reassure myself. It's a little reassurance yep. pep talk that probably takes about five seconds. You know, I'm not standing there for 10 minutes or anything. Uh, Reciting a monologue. <laughs> no, nope. so I just, you know, take a moment to be calm and, and look at myself in the mirror and I'm like, you got this. Uh, then in the wings, while I'm like waiting to go on stage, I, I make sure that I always drink some water and try and, you know, take some deep breaths. And I think that's what I'd recommend if you're really like, freaking out just take a breath you know inhale and exhale take a drink of water you've got this and you know remember like the people in the audience want you to succeed they want you to do well you know they've come to listen to you and they want you to deliver a great talk nobody wants you to fail nobody's like waiting for you to mess up or make a mistake and so just go out there and own it And if you do make a mistake, they're not even going to realize because only you know your talk in your head. And, you know, that happened to me yesterday, like one slide, I think I went forward too fast or I skipped a slide or something. And I was like, oh, well, just next one." like too bad. You know, it's okay if you make these small mistakes. It's all a practice and it's all you can refine for next time and be more confident.
1: I love that advice. First of all, the taking a breath. That's definitely what I do, too, because I feel like, so when I get nervous and I'm sure that other people who like are afraid of public speaking or whatever will uh, relate to this as well. I feel like all my thoughts speed up and like everything speeds up and like my heart is beating fast and like, mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, it like and I can't even like catch my thoughts because they're d- going too quickly. <laughs> and so like being like, wait, stop a second, take a breath. It honestly does help. And I mean, it seems like such obvious advice to be like, just breathe. But seriously, you, I cannot recommend enough like that, taking just a second to like do a deep breath in and out and send to yourself, I suppose, and get ready for it. But I don't know, what I found during my Sean Weiss conference talk, which was by far the longest talk I've ever given and probably the most pressure I would say because there was a pretty damn high quality <laughs> audience you know listening to me, I, I felt like it happened to me. You know, I was like, okay, we're going on stage now. This is this is the thing. This is the thing that's happening. Let's just do it. And I like, I tried to sort of separate myself from the moment in a bit so that I wouldn't overthink it. Because I think if I'd thought too deeply, like, okay, you're going on stage now in front of these really talented and like super amazing people. So don't mess it up. <laughs> that obviously wouldn't have helped at all. So I was just like, okay, we're going to go on stage and you're going to do your talk like you've been doing every other you know, day for the past month or however long you've been practicing Exactly, it. yeah. Except this time there's going to be an audience there listening, but it's going to be fine.
0: And hopefully they'll laugh at your jokes, but we can just move on quickly if they don't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think like you just, you just got to do it, right? And I know that yep. that's so easy to say and really hard when you're there in the moment and freaking out. But another way that I sometimes think about it is like life just happens to me sometimes. Like, you know, in in the morning of my talk, I'm like, okay, in in six hours or so, I'm going to be on stage, uh, freaking out a little bit right now, but you know, it's just going to happen to me. I just have to deal with it. It's fine. Uh, I'll feel so much better afterwards. And so, I don't know, kind of thinking about it that way of like, it's just something that's going to happen to you. You just got to deal with it and make the most out of it and try and be as, as positive and as calm as possible. You know, like if I had spent the six hours before my talk, totally freaking out and having a breakdown, like that's obviously not going to do me any good. So just try and think about it positively, like this thing is going to happen, accept that it's going to happen. And, you know, tell yourself, like, I'm going to be confident. I'm going to be calm. I'm going to be articulate and just do the best that you can do. You know, like, and like I said, like people are rooting for you. They want you to do well. And so yeah, keep that in mind as well, I think is really important.
1: Yep, that's great advice. And you know, I think from listening to your past, you know, playing violin, it sounds like you've gotten through a fear of public speaking, like I'm sure you can't remember if it ever existed, but I'm sure that no one like thinks it's great to get on stage for the first time. <laughs> but it it's the same as me, you've just been doing it so long, like you've had enough practice at it that you're not afraid anymore. And that's what I feel like I'm starting at now, like to reach that stage of where... You know, I, I'm having enough practice that I will hopefully not not be too afraid going forward. We'll see. We'll see next time it happens, and I'm like a mess backstage.
0: <laughs> Who knows? But I mean, it's good to step out of your comfort zone, right? Definitely. Like- this is why
1: I wanted to push myself to do public speaking. Like, why do something that you're afraid of? Why do something that makes you nervous? I'm like, well this is the thing that I want to be able to do. I think it's silly to be afraid of talking to people like from a stage. That's not a valid fear. Like no one can get hurt from that. You know, I'm not going to die from standing on stage in front of people and making a mistake or whatever. Mm -hmm. So I didn't like that. I was afraid of this thing that was irrational really. So yeah, that's why I wanted to push myself to get past it. And that's why I'd like to encourage other people to push themselves to get past it
0: too. Yeah, totally. And I always have with me on stage a fully printed out like monologue basically of my talk so that in case something does happen and I don't know, maybe I just completely forget what the heck I'm doing, I can always pick that up and like you know, that will maybe not read the rest of it out, but it will at least help me get back on track. Right. So always have like this plan B up your sleeve or something like, okay. Yeah. What if your computer breaks suddenly, you spill the water bottle over it. Right. What if like suddenly you don't have the slides accessible anymore, or you just completely have a mind blank. That's happened to me once before I was speaking on stage and then suddenly by accident, music started blasting really loudly. And it was a very weird experience. And then, I got completely thrown off and totally distracted. I forgot where I was. I forgot what I was doing. Uh, So always kind of have this like backup plan, this plan B in case something does go wrong, because I think it's better for you to to pick up the piece of paper or whatever your plan B is to, to deliver the rest of the speech than say, Sorry, guys, can't deal with this. Gonna leave. You know that's obviously what you want yeah, to avoid. Bye. Yeah. So <laughs> have like this plan B. I think it's okay to to have a printed out version or whatever it is that makes you feel comfortable, just in case you might need it. Yeah, I love that.
1: I want to end on some quick fire pieces of advice because we have a couple of questions that I think we can answer. You know, pretty quickly. Um, Stephanie says, "How do you find someone to do the video while you do the presentation?" So. I've only had one of my talks filmed. It was the Sean West Conference talk and they had a professional video team doing it. Uh, I don't know if I... I would like to get video recordings of the other things I've done, like the workshops, etc. but I haven't been organized enough to plan for a tripod and a person to be there operating the camera in the front row or whatever. Any advice from you on this, film?
0: Yeah, I too have had it where the conference organized it to be videoed, which is really great. If... That isn't the case. Then just ask someone to hold your iPhone in the front row and press record or something. I I'm not sure what else I could suggest. Like maybe you could talk to the conference organizers about like getting video there set up for you. Uh, but I can imagine they that's probably quite costly for them to just do it for one talk. Yeah. So if you have a friend or maybe you've made a friend already at this conference and and they're coming along to your talk, then. You just ask them to sit in the front row and and press record. I'm sure that someone would be more than willing to do that. Like I would be willing to do that for a stranger. So there will be one person that will be willing to do that for you, I'm sure.
1: Yeah, totally. And I mean, that's a video filmed on an iPhone isn't going to be a fun thing for like, you know, the average person to watch later on the Internet because it's going to be, you know, they're not going to see your slides properly. The exposure is going to be weird. But that video will serve as proof of your public speaking abilities when you're applying to conferences like we're talking about. Exactly.
0: Even if it's just a snippet of it or something, you know, there's some video proof of you doing this thing and you can use that for for next time.
1: Vanessa has asked about if you should even have a formal PowerPoint or not, or if it's okay to just talk. And I would say that slides should never be your crutch like they should exist to get a point across and to like hold attention and to like show moving through the talk and make sure that people know where you're at and that your point is being made they shouldn't like it's the worst thing in the world when you get a, a speaker who has all of their bullet points on the slide and they proceed to just read them off yeah like that nothing can like turn me off faster than that mm-hmm, of someone mm-hmm. because i just think that that's pointless
0: Yeah, I made my slides purposely very visual this time. Yep. I actually drew, I I literally drew them. That's so cool. I did it on the iPad Pro with the Apple Pencil. And I have, I mean, I'm not an illustrator, so I have some very terrible uh, drawings and little illustrations that I made uh, for this talk. But I think people really loved it because it was something different. Uh, but but back to the question about whether you should even have slides, I think it's completely up to you. You know, I've seen people talk with slides and I've also seen people talk without slides. You know, they, they just get up and say their thing. And I don't, I don't know if I have a preference. I think just whatever... Is best for you. The talks that I've seen where they don't have slides, you're really watching the person and really listening to what they have to say because you don't have slides to sort of fall back on. But I guess it depends on the type of talk that you want to do. I mean, like this developer conference I was at, a lot of it was technical. And so like they needed to show the screen, screen. they needed to show the code or whatever that they were talking about. And so if they didn't do that, it would probably be extremely hard to follow. So I guess if if the slides like help enhance your message, then use them, but if they don't then, and you're comfortable doing it without them, then why not, I guess.
1: Yeah, slides can help you as the speaker as well, know what point you're saying next without having to you know, read the monologue like we were talking about exactly. having printed out earlier. So slides can be really helpful for you as well, um, and just make sure that they're not displaying your whole talk on them, <laughs> that's kind of pointless. Yep. I don't know, any last words of advice before we wrap this up, Fem?
0: Uh, I think if you want to get into public speaking, but you're really dealing with that fear and imposter syndrome and lack of confidence, then I would recommend just starting small like you can just speak at a local small thing you don't have to jump to these big international conferences as your first thing that's that's pretty scary so maybe just start small if it's something that you know you want to get into start somewhere local maybe there's a meetup going on or something uh, and it's also a really nice way to just practice and and see how it goes and get feedback from the audience so that would probably be my piece of advice I
1: love it great advice to end on
0: cool fun this is such a fun fun topic to talk yeah, I about love talking
1: about this stuff and it's making me really excited to apply to some more conferences yes, next year
0: you really really <laughs> should I think your talk would yeah. be great at at some conferences
1: I also the other day just suddenly got inspired and wrote down a list of other potential talk ideas nice so yes, you've got a lot Coming to, soon to a conference near you <laughs>
0: <laughs> awesome
1: where can people go to find more episodes of this here podcast?
0: You can go to designlife.fm and you can also find us on Twitter. We are the same at designlife.fm. And there yes, very predictable, very predictable. <laughs> uh, there you can ask us questions or you can participate in discussions for future episodes.
1: Yeah, we'd love to have your input because it's always it always helps to know what you want to hear about or what questions you have on the topic that we're going to discuss.
0: Good chat, Fem. I'll see you next week. Folks soon, goodbye. Bye.